life on the road. It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and bees, fights, candle flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette, <laughs> drunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more, missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon. I like to leave that up to your interpretation. So we can just talk about the building and construction of roads. You can talk about adopting a All highway. Right. You can talk about the infrastructure, whatever you want. It's I'll start with the Appian Way. Uh, I, I think uh, a very important structure. I'd like well, you to I, well, turn really on your microphone. Is my microphone not on? <laughs> now it is. <laughs> I mean, this Here, Please repeat what you said because it was, an, it was salient. Start with Gallagher. <laughs> <laughs> and then bring it back around. I've been going handheld, but that's the style I go. Um, yeah, I might do that. So if you guys want to go with that, Greg's going to go rock stick the mic with the pantyhose. <laughs> Greg's going to go stand up. Yeah, he's going to go stand over there. I'm erratic in my movements, so you'll <laughs> find that I'm, I'm off mic quite a lot. I'm, I'm off mic on everybody's show. Uh, you might want to keep it a little close uh, on this just to pick up your voice, although you both have booming voices. Yeah, I'll give you loads of level. All right, that's great. You going to be screaming? I'm always loud. Yeah. Except when I'm subtle and dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the only way I know you. Yeah. So I think dream. a lot of people meet me in the clouds. <laughs> hey, thanks for uh, tuning in to Road Stories and find us on the internet. I'm your host, Murray Valeriano. Uh, super stoked to have this show on today. Uh, but first, I just want to say thanks to all the comments uh, from last week's show. I had Dennis Blair on last week talking about opening for Carlin for 18 years. I was going to say, I knew Dennis from the old days. Yeah, man, yeah. When he was wow. Carlin's opener. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's quite a little funny guy. Gig. Yeah, yeah. He used to come into San Francisco and do sets at the zoo. That's where I met him. Really? Yeah, yeah. Back in the 80s. The li- wow. Is the Liquid Zoo? Is that right? No, no. Holy, City Zoo. Holy, Holy City Zoo. This is the 1880s. It was the Liquid Zoo. Oh, okay. It was just outside of Tombstone. Uh, we had kind of a house with the Clanton gang, but I think we got that sort of... They were hacky. That was the thing. They wanted stage time, you know? Yeah. The Earps were uh, satirists, really. <laughs> yeah, they really were. And Doc Holliday was, you know, he was the abstruse, edgy comic, so no one understood. But he had to, but he had to lay against the back wall. Yeah, he did. All right. Queasy. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm doing. What did he have? He had... TB. Yeah, that's his tuberculosis. And yeah, called yeah. it then. Yeah, and yeah. heroin, right? Wasn't he a heroin? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever, I think whatever drugs you could get a hold of as a doctor in those days, which I'm assuming were pretty yeah. GD good. Morphine in a bottle. <laughs> oh, they were stuff. not diluted at oh, all. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> like pharmaceutical uh, Coke, and I'm guessing dil- you know, whatever yeah. their version of diluted was then. Yeah. Good times. Certainly Wormwood. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would not have been a good gunfighter. I would have been laying in a corner just giggling. You'd have been like a doc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so thanks for you all those... You shot people who weren't armed, so... Right. Uh, yeah. Thanks for all those <laughs> great comments on Dennis Blair. And uh, uh, yes, I will have him on again. I know we can only talk to him for an hour. It's not nearly enough, uh, like all you said. But that was then, and this is now, as they say, or as I guess S.E. Hinton said at one point. Um, coming to us today, uh, two very funny guys super stoked they're here uh making his triumphant return uh co-host of walking yeah. the room uh he's got a new album coming out soon we're all looking forward to yep shame, I'm looking chamber. Forward to it. shame yeah. chamber is this your second album it's the first this doesn't come out i've still oh been, my it's been God, mixed. that's right you Didn't told me this conversation four Greg's years the, ago three years ago greg's the reason that the album happened <laughs> oh re- oh really yeah we were at the improv <laughs> mm-hmm and a guy was checking out his set or recorded some of it yeah. for an album. And then I'm like, I should probably do an album. And Greg's like, what? You've never done an album? <laughs> He's like, how long have I known you? Like, oh, like 20 years yeah. ago. 
And uh, and so I was like, I don't know. I don't like a lot of my material. He's like, just do a bunch of your old crap and burn it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. that's not a bad idea. Because <laughs> right. I said, how many hours are you up to now? <laughs> Three, four, five. Do one of those. Right. Do 40 of one of those. And, and then don't do, you know, then you have three more albums without even. Yeah. Or do a four. Oh, that'd be great. Like, like a, like oh, a yeah, four-sided? Like, like uh, Ted Nugent. Yeah, Ted Double Nugent. Double Alonzo. Oh. Yeah, I was thinking the Lamb Lies Down, an old Genesis. Oh, yeah. Well, but I am known as he the goes te- Prague, I am I... the Ted Nugent of yeah, comedy. He, he That's is. True. He's more Nugent <laughs> than he is. That's Prague. true. You're extremely right wing. Uh, so Dave Anthony joins <laughs> us. Extremely. And uh, 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 a guy I've been trying to have on for a while. I'm glad we finally uh, finally roped it in. Why so evasive? Well, thank you, Murray. I'm, I'm as I say, my movements are erratic. I'm difficult to pin down. I'm I'm on the road almost every day. So people ask me to do stuff all the time, and I can't. And I'm always. Uh, Regretful is not the word. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but I always have the excuse that everybody accepts, which is they go, "Can you do the thing?" And I'm like, "I'm in Philly." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I'm in New York, and they go, "Okay." Or Paris, or Amsterdam, or Paris. Right? Yeah, I yeah. can say I'm in Europe, and people go, "Okay, fuck it, I don't want to." What can were we you doing? Yeah, please what, do. What were you doing in Paris? Were you doing a gig? I did my podcast in Paris at a place called La Java. It's great too. There's I listened a, to it the other day. Story if yeah, you yeah. Start there. Wait, yeah, yeah. Can I ask you First of all, hold on. Greg Proops joins us. Oh, sorry, just for those who didn't read the title. Can I ask you something? So, so say you don't do stand up, but you just do your podcast. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't make any money, like if you just went and did a podcast there in front of a crowd, you could write that off, right? You could write off the trip. Oh, oh most certainly, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think oh, you yeah. could. I mean, you you also, you're involving, like, what about the French people and their taxing of the money that you potentially might have made? So oh, yeah. there's that. In England, everything I always, of course, when I go overseas, it's all legit because they, you can't not be. Right. I'm a little too pr- present for that. And you're almost always at festivals or stuff where they require. Like in New Zealand, they give you, you've been in New, Ze- in New Zealand, they give you a full page of your passport as a visa that you must go down and obtain from the consulate. And they make you jump through ja- a giant hoop. To oh, get wow. Uh, well, if you go through Australia, like I did last time, uh, they did it for me, but you have to yeah. cough up your passport at one point and have it yeah. plastered with the biggest. Uh, I had some from Saudi Arabia in my old passport. We went there with Drew Carey for the USO, and they had to take your passport too. And they kept it for four or five days. And you had to give them fantastically, and this was 2001, maybe 2002, black and white photographs. Uh, two uh, uh, passport size black and white photographs. No color? No, I, yeah. <laughs> where, where, you could do That's, it on your computer now by using, you know. Yeah, right, right. Uh, uh, but to go find, so I had yeah. to go find someone. Who go, who That's like, how racist they are. <laughs> <laughs> or colorblind. <laughs> there are no colors, Dave. There's That's only... Right. Well, there's only this or that, as the umpire yeah. say. Having uh, having two San Francisco guys, yeah, uh, on my pod. Well, there was supposed to be three, but uh, Greg Barron had to cancel last minute. Uh, understand family stuff. Uh, one thing I've always wanted to ask: How are seeing shows at the Cow Palace? <laughs> oh my God! Wow. Well, I mean, I was as a music fan. I know we'll get into the road stories in a second. But I was as a music a, fan. I, mean, I went there a thousand times. A thousand times. I was a young metalhead. Okay, in great. High, in uh, high school, so I was I was all about the Van Halens and the. And the Saxons, yeah, and the, yeah, uh, all those obscure. Was Saxon on a package tour, or were yes. they the headliner? No, was it they like were Monsters of Rock. I, they, or something? They, no, they were never on a Monsters of Rock, but the, but uh, I think when I saw them, they were the feature. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Iron Maiden was yeah, the headliner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
It's just, a lot of Union Jacks. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> and skull heads. Yeah, the Cat Palace was the place. Oh, yeah. I've never seen a show there. That was one of my... It's as a big concert 12, goer. 15,000? Yeah, it's, it's about 12,000. Yeah. It's pretty big. It's indoor but, and horrible. It smells like hot dogs. Oh, it's oh really? Balls. Oh, it's just it's a, a stank hor- hole? Yeah, it's a terrible place. They played everything there, though. Hockey, Hockey. rodeo, mm-hmm. basketball. Yeah. The Warriors yeah. played there when we were little. Yeah, mm. and 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 uh, soccer. They had that indoor soccer. Yeah, they team. had the indoor soccer. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. I saw they, the Grand National Rodeo there. Yeah, I for mean, like, for a for a total shithole, it did a lot of stuff. <laughs> Elvis Presley and the Beatles. Yeah, famously. Really, yeah, Elvis uh, and the Beatles. Beatles kicked off their '64 tour there. I believe. Yes, they did. My and friend Jeff Belton was there and had the ticket for it. He oh was wow! Five or six, and his, his sister took him. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, and just outside one of the best, just outside the parking lot, is one of the best places to get murdered. Yes, oh, in the Bay Area. Really? Yeah. There is nothing near the Cow Palace in Daly. Was it Alamany? Is that where it is? I can't remember. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. Does this count as a road gig? I did the sure. PG&E Fun Hut. The PG&E in the eighties. <laughs> yeah. When you lived in San Francisco, you always got gigs on the Higher Peninsula, the East Bay, and North Bay, yeah. and then Oregon. That was our Bailey yeah. or Tahoe mm-hmm. Reno. So almost all, or like there'd be a crappy Central Valley one, like you'd have to go to... Modesto. Modesto. <laughs> the Red Lion in Modesto. Yeah, the Red Lion in yeah. Modesto. So this was like, hey, it's a Friday night. It's $75. PG&E has a crib outside of the Cow Palace on this little off-road that's just this 1920s lodge. And it's where everybody now smokes. Now we should just say that's, that's Pacific Gas and Electric. For people who don't know, that's a yeah. gas. That is the people who just provide gas and electricity to your home. Yeah, okay. For all of Northern California, right, famously right. three years ago, they blew up a home yeah, yeah, in yeah. Daly City yeah. and it was complete malfeasance and negligence. I don't think they've ever paid off or no. anything. It's been ter- they murdered loads of people in yes. that one. And that was in Daly City too, I yeah, think, in they, fact. They blew up... Uh, uh, Pablo Sandoval's mother's house, who's yeah. a baseball player. And it was a, oh, okay. uh, Thank a, you. a faulty pipes that they should yeah. have replaced. Uh-huh. Were Years ago. In any case, uh, the dudes who ran and checked the meters and the dudes who checked the pipes and stuff had a clubhouse. <laughs> and so they go, I think it was 75. It might have been 125. I'd like to say it went 75 because it makes it sound sadder. Like, how yeah, low will you right, go right. to do this game? <laughs> so I just pitch up on the thing and I realize. Uh, everybody's a 45-year-old dude named Gus. Everybody's smoking Chesterfield Bombardiers. This is like 86, <laughs> was maybe. He, are you 80. solo on this? Oh, gee, gee. Okay. no backup. Not even another dude. Like oh, You should always bring. Really? Not yeah, yeah. On yeah. scary road gigs, always. it's almost form. You just call someone and go like, will you? I mean, like he's talking about the improv. Many times I'll call Dave and go, I've got to go do this gig. Will you come with me? And he yeah. will, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> this is, you know, this one I just went, oh no, I want the 125. I didn't want to give the 25. Because <laughs> then you would call, uh, uh, what was his name? Uh, David Cohen or uh, one of those. There's so many comics in San Francisco that you could just, Picorni or Picorni, something. Picorni, I was just thinking. We, had loads of, there was so, we were just friends with a million yeah. guys. There was 500 guys who could do 25 minutes. And yeah. Everybody's solid. And so I just went out and uh, they're drunk. And it's like Christmas time or something, so they've fantastically put no decorations up, even though they deal with electricity. They've got like one string of lights and a tree, and <laughs> they're completely huffed off that they, I'm going to be interrupting whatever it is they're doing, which they're, is their gas chat or whatever. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, sitting around talking about putting in the lines and uh-huh. those goddamn meters and the fucking management and whatnot. And the, and they're shooting cards and they're drunk, mm-hmm. and and then it's like, hey, 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 Gus, Gus, everybody, Gus. Uh, we got a little comic and I've got like a bolo tie and a rockabilly haircut and a skull shirt. Oh no, shirt, back, you know? back then you, the way you dressed basically just said, to guys like that just said, punch me. Oh yeah, no. I'm a, I am a femball and I am an insult to everything that you hold dear and then on my back, 
<laughs> so you got the rocket. Well, you got the bolo. Those were hot in the eighties. Oh, I remember yeah, yeah, those. Yeah. I had one of those shiny bolos too. I had yeah, a skull yeah. cattle skull bolo. Yeah, those were uh, groovy McChicken in those days. And uh, yeah, I got up and uh, it didn't go well. I mean, I made it. <laughs> I made it. I, you know, then you try to hey, like, what do you do? And then when you re- oh. reach the wall of crossed arms, when, like, oh no, no. That's not going to work here. (laughs) Same thing. I'm 27, you know, and all these dudes are, uh, what we call them, uh, roughnecks. Yeah. Yeah. Roughnecks. And they've seen enough of your kind. (laughs) (laughs) No tolerance for that. But that was quite near. I I remember driving to it and going, if I just turn left here, it's the cow palace. Oh, this yeah. Way. yeah. And they were still doing, I believe they still do gigs there, do they not? Or do they? Not? No, no, they, they can't. can't. Is it still open? I if, don't know. If a guy they did an can, interview with me we... in San Francisco last year about it. And I really? told them some, yeah, I told them some. If... So you saw Saxon, who, who, they couldn't be open. Grand yeah. National Rodeo, maybe? We should look it up. Yeah, oh, we well, look it Greg, up. Greg's family, yes. Greg Barron's family, runs the dog show, which is once a year at the Cow Palace. Yeah. Yes, and that, I never went to it, but I remember it. It was the second biggest dog show in the country. It was next now to it's totally fallen off. Really? Next to the New York one, it was the big one. Yeah. It was huge. Yeah. Uh, and several days. Yeah. It wasn't just a day. The rodeo was too. Well, like, the rodeo is big, right? Some... Do you know how Greg Barrett closes the show every year, the dog show? No, please so at the me. very end, he goes, Thank you. And he turns off the mic and then he turns it up back on and he goes, Bring on the cats! <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So last time Dave was on, we talked a little bit about San Francisco in the late 80s and 90s and, and just what kind of like... Oh, you know what I had? I forgot. I never even said this on my podcast. I had uh, Ron Lynch, Blaine Kapach, and uh, Kevin Karaoke. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Yeah. On one, and, they, and Ron... Kevin turned the light out. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Ron held the lease to this apartment. Yeah. In yeah. this, like, kind of like the most legendary... infamous comedy apartment in San Francisco because every single comic who was a comic in San Francisco at one point either lived there or was eating there. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, like a month after Alex that Reed. podcast, Alex Reed, sure. Marty Maceda. Maceda. Mm hmm. Chris um, Hobbs, Tony Kameen. Hobbs, on yeah. and on. Dana Gould. Dana Gould, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A month after that podcast aired, I get a letter through my podcast website from a woman asking for rent. <laughs> yeah, saying $275. <laughs> Saying, oh my God, I live, in, I knew there was something legendary about this apartment. I didn't know. I was Googling. I found your podcast and I live in this apartment. Oh now. my God. I bought that. What so, was it on 20? Uh, what was it? 22? I don't remember. I don't remember. Really I think it was uh, like a 28 or 29. 29? Yeah. So, like, were there a lot of sat outside the city? Were there a lot of satellite type rooms that you could shoot Always. out for the one night? Uh, like the PSCNG? And maybe 20 or 30 one nighters. Yeah, endless, just within an hour. Endless really? one nighters. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Really? Oh, like, yeah, mostly. Petaluma, Vallejo, uh, mostly Jose, horrible. Yeah, terrible. Just, uh, what was the one out in, uh, like, past Oakland, the, the, the classic? Sunshine Saloon. Oh, the what? Sunshine Saloon. I, I, I did a 20-minute routine about it because of all awful it was. Sunshine Saloon? Yeah. It, yeah, it was a biker bar. Yeah. And they had a, a pool table and video machines, which they would turn off unceremoniously when it was comedy time. To make everyone angry. <laughs> and the comedy show didn't cost anything. People were just, whoever was there yeah. got to see it. And this went on for years, this gig. Maybe 10 or 12. or I mean, I did it with Jim Harris. Unbelievable. Uh, several times. And I remember when the last time I did it, I said to him, I'd been to England a couple times and I went, Jim, I'm never coming back to this gig. <laughs> I got flipped off in the parking lot, chased by bikers. You'd get in fights with people on the stage. They served... 
All right, here's my joke, but it's true. Okay. They served beer in buckets because you need an opposable thumb to hold a, hand, a glass or a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> they really did serve beer in buckets, in a bucket, and and they would and uh, <laughs> it was the worst audience. I did it, it was once. Stupid and methy. Yeah, Meth- methy, definitely methy. Sure. It, it, yeah. It, where it was in Pleasanton was the end of the East Bay as we knew it then. Now, now yes. the East Bay goes further and further and further out to Dublin and away. Yeah, Pleasanton was like the end of the Bay Area. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't Pleasanton has uh, Tommy T's? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That Pleasanton. Right. That one was not a good... Uh, I remember them turning off the pool table and the bikers going like, hey! And you're like, oh, fuck, I don't this happens every, this that bad. Yeah, this happens every, every, every Sunday night this happens. What are you ta- Why are you upset? This happens every <laughs> Sunday. And it paid... $50 or something? Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's a decent oh, yeah. gig. You drove out there. Uh, Chico, Talked the, talk the whole way about how horrible it yeah. was. Oh, going to be. In dread of it. In dread of it. <laughs> and then couldn't get too drunk because you needed your shit together when you were there. <laughs> it was not a drinking gig. It wasn't one that no. you went like food bar you'd go to and you'd like, oh, have yeah. a million drinks right. and then go back up to the bridge. But like there you'd be like, uh-uh, I don't know. Because things could happen. Yeah. There was pool cues. Yeah, yeah. Anything ever thrown at you on stage? No, but I had a guy come outside and want to have social intercourse with me and I denied him this opportunity. And <laughs> He came at me in an aggressive way until I skittered away like a chicken in the night. Yeah, <laughs> I did it once, and I went, "Nope, this isn't for me." Really? No. Oh. Yeah, I didn't. I when I was living in San Francisco, I usually had a a part time job, mm-hmm. so I didn't have to do gigs like that. Like I would go out of my way to avoid them. Of course, I'd still take them. Sure, I'd still end up at the Red Line in Modesto. The Red Line in Modesto was so dreary. Sweet River, Sweet Water, Sweet Sweet, sweet River, w- Sweet River. I think. There were several of those, and they were quite awful. One, the garbage guy came by you in front of you while you were. It's the middle of a restaurant. There was no stage. <laughs> you were in the middle of a restaurant. And Just standing there. Yeah. Just no, standing oh, in the no stage? Of the re- no. no, no. The one in Modesto had a stage. The one in wherever that one was, Santa Rosa or something, you just stood in the middle of it. And the guy made you send a tape, and he critiqued your tape and all that. And I remember saying, I'm not sending you a tape, and I don't want your critique. And then finally he went, please come and do it. <laughs> I forgot about that. The guy, yeah. He was really meticulous about it. Critique? Like, really? So it's just some dude yeah, yeah. who has a, a room, and he decided to put on stand-up, and then he decided, well, you know what? I'm going to start judging these guys. <laughs> His expert opinion, by the way. Yeah. Well, he has to set the bar. For this place where the garbage would come by you while you were doing your, you know, my mother gave me Ritalin hey, and the guy would be walking. Hey, by. can I critique your room? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the garbage guy coming by, that's not very good for yeah. the show. Yeah. I want to put that at the end. People looking for their tables in front of you. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Oh, Fantastic. <laughs> that one wasn't the, Chico, the top flight. You ever did that one? Uh, uh, yeah, once. Yeah, they, I, was, did, I also did Chico wait. outside an outside stage show oh, outside the, the dorms. Well, you can imagine how yeah. it went. I, I literally, it was me and like Steel and... Uh, I don't know what I'm doing here. Steel. What's her name? Gomez? Uh, Marga? Marga Gomez and someone else and I went on first and you know, when you're outside, you can never tell if anyone's laughing but you can really tell if they're not because they don't move. <laughs> There's no visible head bobbing. Right. And I just remember doing it, and it was like I was just shouting into the wind, and yeah. nothing was happening. And then I, I literally got off stage and ran to my car and got my car and drove away. <laughs> yeah, right. Shaking. Yes. Shaking. Those ones are so... They're unnerving. They, 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 yeah. That's the thing is you don't... I walked off once. It was at a hip South of Market gig. I didn't really have any time. I just started doing stand-up on my own. I'd been in a group. And it was like Club Nine or one of these fucking... 
really groovy stuff in marketplaces. Mm-hmm. And this is in the 80s, so everybody's got, you know, jewelry and the thing, thing, thing. And uh, it, it, everybody looks like they're going to um, see the cure. And uh, uh, they, we, we want to have some comedy, too. So here's a hundred bucks, and you come down. And I knew yeah. them. I knew them. We played down the street, and we all knew each other. So oh yeah, I'll tell you, I got twenty minutes. You know, I didn't. And I, <laughs> I got up. I started to tell a few jokes. I started to tell my first session that no decrease in the crowd level from the moment <laughs> I went on to you know oh, I, don't, I, don't, I want to go to the, you know, everybody yeah. picking up each other insane like Grand Central Station. zero respect yeah and I Greg Proops hi everybody Nancy Reagan's head's pretty big if her head was any if her head was in proportion to her body she'd be twenty seven and a half feet. I said she'd be 27 and a half, blah, 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 and I left. I, I did maybe three or four. I wouldn't now, but I really yeah. panicked on the oh, night. Oh, it was a panic. How can you, but you're, you're so new to it. How can you not panic on left. the night? I would just stand there and just start And they gave me and... the money, and, they, and what was worse, they were sympathetic, which was worse. Oh, you know, they were like, hey, man, you, you're funny. And you I keep trying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, I thought, you're, I thought you were you funny. money. <laughs> We've hired you for twenty, man. Right, if you right. were on a road gig, they wouldn't have. That was San Francisco, like that was it. Yeah, a yeah, club yeah. dude I knew, but I just remember the moment of deciding I'm not going to do any more time, and I'm yeah, I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've hurt me. Yeah, you've hurt me enough and that I'm walking off stage. Notice. No, of course they didn't. The guy up there's gone. Uh, they didn't give a shit. Uh, uh, what about the crow's nest? The crow's nest. Crow's nest is still going on, I think. Is it really? I think I had uh, uh, Andrew Norelli here a couple months Sunday ago. Sunday night Santa Cruz it was. I, I wonder if yeah, it's, it's still, still going on. by the foxes. Oh, I don't or know. the fox. Good question. The legendary John Fox? Yeah. yeah. The legendary Booker, John the Fox. Comedian. I will have your money to you soon. A guy who I believe exists in a window of taking in money from the club mm-hmm. and then keeping it for six weeks and then paying it out. So he's got all these gigs. And so he's just living off of right. money he's that passes another through. House with your money. Oh, so yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's paying his bills and then it, moving it on. Yeah, he's like so the it, World Bank. Yes. <laughs> you know how there's debtor nations? Well, that's what we were. I'm owed this much money. I'm not much in the yeah. red. And he still does that. And he, st- and he still does uh, the underground in Seattle. Does I he? believe. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I think he's still like got the underground because the ballplayers drank upstairs. Yeah, but they moved it. Yeah, I know. But I haven't been. I haven't seen the new. Oh no, I went and saw the new one. It's a nicer. I haven't seen the new one. It's a nice. The Wait, there's a new underground. A yeah, but there's a new one. The oh. old one was an infamous town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and good fun, really good fun. I I had some wild t- weekends yeah. there, drinking and drugging and. What was it? Ron Reed, the old manager there. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Nice he's guy. Like, yeah, he was a great guy. Super nice guy. He yeah. was a great guy. How how long before? What year did you start, Dave? Uh, eighty nine. Eighty nine. What year did you start? Forty. <laughs> 40 when did Evan well, you, you opened for Hope right oh, just briefly <laughs> and it was in the early days so he didn't speak to me much it was I was before Potash and Perlmutter and Fink's Mules um, I started a leg- as a teenager in the 70s oh, doing cool. uh, gigs in San Mateo uh, uh-huh. with my buddy Forrest then we moved to San Francisco I'd say I was a legit comic 82 okay. probably now you, start, you used to have a partner when you first started out right yeah Forrest uh, Brakeman Proofs and Brakeman 82 and 83 we were a team you have to go way back to find anybody who remembers us uh, Larry Brown would remember yep Larry Brown? Sorry, we were frenetic. Yeah, Larry Bubbles Brown. Larry Bubbles Brown. And we yeah. never took a breath. And yeah, yeah. we, we uh, were highly energetic and not particularly funny. <laughs> uh, however, we did not stop talking. So we never gave the audience a chance to register whether yeah. we were going to be good or not at any point. 
You uh, still talk really fast, but now you take a break. Now I take breaks, and I I've learned to do things like take a pause, make you know, yeah, uh, make a but, face. Uh, but then those days, at, at at 22, we were lightning, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. And a team, so there's never enough time for anyone to say anything. It, that was the problem always with teams. Teams have to compliment each other. It can't be two people mm-hmm. fighting for my right. time. <laughs> and at the end, we wrote these routines. Everything was a routine full of characters because yeah. that's what you sort of have to, the Sklars do it a very unique way. They do. They're yes. very, very good at they it. They can yeah. tell jokes and kind of keep the flow going yeah. together. But every team that I remember from the old days of Murphy St. Paul or, 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 or Fran and Jan or all the eighties. Yeah. Rice and beans. Rice and beans. <laughs> they always did, you know, or, or even like an Earl, like an Earl did these elaborate yeah. dark sketches that sometimes were really a, and like complicated and, you know, yeah. went on and on. Oh, Jim Earl. Yeah. yeah. Jim Earl and Barry yeah, Lank were really, yeah, yeah. very, very funny. Fun. To do road gigs with them was Ooh. hilarious yes. because they, sanguine doesn't begin to describe the mood. <laughs> Morbid. Let's put it that way. They're the most morbid comedy in a town of morbid comics. Dave being one of them. You can't. Yeah, I was Dave, one of them. Dave Ray James. We had some morbid comics, man. Larry yeah. Brown, uh, Nike and Earl were were. There was. They were the dark. They were yeah. the dark cloud that spawned the dark rain of San Francisco comedy. Yeah. And, and instrumental in that way. Oh, good I to think, know because yeah, yeah. Jim's coming I mean, on soon. Lynch. <laughs> Lynch is part of that. I wouldn't put him in the same school as Ruben, but Ron Lynch. There's a whole school of comics from San Francisco that are surreal. Mm-hmm. That work a completely ephemeral area that uh, uh, the, the Bobcats. Yeah, the, the, the jokes have to be put together. The jokes are, are, are yeah. conscious driven. Mike Meehan. Meehan. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a really conceptual. Like Lynch is is the king of it. He yeah. he bites into a thing and then it just stays there for a year. And yeah. you've got to fill in everything. And that uh, is is a real unique. Uh, and then there's you know the the Robin style that Stephen Pearl and Warren did and that I kind of do. Uh, with words, there's million sub references, mm-hmm. and you go a million miles an yeah. hour. But then mine just sort of changed over the years and just become more horribly bitter and self indulgent. <laughs> <laughs> so Pearl, I mean, there was just a great. There were so many great styles in San Francisco. Mill Abel was deadpan, and uh, yeah. Larry was you know one liners, mm-hmm. and uh, and then we had our, our we had you the, know, the Don McMillans. There was like a few guys that worked the more and we had pop end of of Paula comedy Poundstone. for lack of a better way of putting it, more a more accessible end. Yeah. yeah. Wait, uh, Don who? John McMillan was a oh. funny guy. He was six feet tall. He was I just worked a with genius. Him. Is he still working? I just worked with him two weeks ago. Yeah. I wondered what he's happened a, to he's him. He's a genius. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a technician and an, he, an engineer. He, and, he does uh, all, yeah. he does a whole PowerPoint. Yeah. It's like his whole hour. Oh my God. It's all, I could see of course that. it is. Yeah, it's he's, amazing. I've well, never seen it before. everybody on that. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, he used to do like, in those days, and he wouldn't mind me saying this, he'd mm-hmm. put on a D-rag on his head and go, I'm every woman on the Russian Olympic team and yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> How many people think I look like Mac tonight? I remember that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Great 80s joke, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. And then the dudes who came into town, like Dana and uh, uh, Tom Kenny and, mm-hmm. and Bob Cotton, that gave it so much flavor. Yeah. And uh, uh, obviously already there was Slayton and Paula Poundstone, sure. uh, who I think endorsed... Uh, uh, I'm forgetting a million people. Barry Silva, whatever, Pritchard, but uh, Kramer. Kramer is the king of like not Kramer making and... the audience follow you. And uh, he gave a lot of people in my generation Jeremy Kramer, yeah, right? the yeah. courage to be bold on stage mm-hmm. and not, yeah. not make it so obvious. We, you know, I think you go to other towns, you see guys just trying to kill. But if you came to San Francisco, you saw guys just trying to be different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like Je- Jeff Bolt is a great Jeff example Bolt. of a guy who, if you've never gone, if you've never heard of Jeff Bolt, which a lot of you haven't, go and and YouTube and find his puppet thing he used to do. He was on like a Danny. 
Holy shit. It was, <laughs> he, he was a great example of a San Francisco comic who was, he'd gotten some success at that point, but he was still pretty dark. Yeah. He had the, he, he just said these crazy dark things where people would be like, oh, this guy's full. What the fuck did he just say? And they'd be taken aback. And that was like San Francisco comedy. And it's pre pre Otto and George. This is before. Uh, yeah, 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 no, yeah, no, the yeah, pebble was just one part of an entire okay. erotic breakdown that his set consisted. Oh, of. Really? Yeah, it was it was a guy losing his mind. He on looked stage. like a regular guy. <laughs> he had genius. a mustache and a, and a and a tweed jacket. Jeff Bolt. Yeah, and he'd okay. go. I quit. Um, I quit smoking. Um, at noon, and I, uh, you know, and so then he <laughs> yeah. talks about taking the kids on Pirates of the Caribbean and Disneyland, and he goes, and my daughter's, you know, saying to me, Daddy, me, no, can breathe. Kids, <laughs> like that's where it went. Like, he's choking his children to death, but he yeah. hasn't said I'm choking. Them yeah, to death. he's simply doing all the parts. Yeah, and then the puppet was—I I don't even know how to. It was a puppet that he did at children's parties, but obviously his personality dissolved. Right. And he's not even—he's just holding. So he's just mad, holding the puppet, yelling yeah. at points. And then he remembered the puppet's there, and he try and talk to yeah, the puppet yeah. again, and then he get angry again and start yelling. It's G. E O F F in case people look. Oh, okay, up. yeah, I'll chop uh, it. I did a gig with him maybe two years ago, and he and he did Danny. And he did. Yeah. Oh no, we went next door. We were at Largo. We went next door to the Roger room and had a couple belts. And yeah. Then we went back over and did the show, and then we went back over and had a few. <laughs> nice. Because nice. he's just the nicest guy. We awesome. had we had him on our podcast live when we were up there. Oh, the, cool. His son's quite funny uh, too. Like four months ago. Yeah. Apparently, son. There's like a big hit on YouTube, and he's getting all this. Oh, like great. A, he's like a new one of the sketch kids on YouTube. Yeah, awesome. Chandler-Bolt. So how uh, uh, how was it after you leave the ex- <laughs> you branch out of the accepting rooms of inner San Francisco and then you hit crackers in Indianapolis or some I tell you, when you I start never, hitting you, the road I never did that you know what I did I went straight from San Francisco to New York oh really and then I just did the rooms there mm-hmm. and then from there then I then I started branching out oh okay but I didn't do them um, I no, didn't you weren't very roadie I wasn't roadie at all you know why because Jeff, uh, sorry, Jake Johansson, mm-hmm. was talking to him once, and I was talking about stand-up, because he was like the first guy I idolized. The first guy I ever saw do live stand-up mm-hmm. uh, in a club yes, was I Jake. I forgot Jake. I started with Jake in 82. Okay. We were in open mics together. Oh, awesome. I yeah. love Jake. He's, so, yeah, I remember watching boy, him. Again, a genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jake said to me... And I watched his transfer from not being funny to being funny. Yeah. Like, he's a, per- a performer, and I'm not saying this out of school. Right. I was... We're all not funny when we start. Yeah. Sure. Uh, it, it, the, the key he found the key and I watched him find it over yeah. a year oh, that's of cool. going to open mics with him and then finally by the time he did the competition he had figured it out figured it out and he hit big and he's one of the yeah. that's really of cool all, yeah. of all my friends he might be the best guy he just looks at it, the way you're doing joke and goes just move that there yeah. mm-hmm. and then it kills like he's one of those guys yeah. he just sees how it works uh, what was I talking about with Jake uh, Jake gone the road to New York Oh, so he says to me, no, it wasn't in New York. He says to me in San Francisco, he goes, uh, I didn't go on the road. I figured out how to do comedy in the cities hmm. until I was so good that I knew I wouldn't change if I went out. And then I went out. And so that always stuck with me. And I actually oh, told wow. that to Mitch Hedberg. Mm-hmm. And years later, I saw Mitch. And Mitch goes, Mitch goes you gave me the biggest advice really? that changed my wow. career. It's so important. And he, t- and he told me that. And I go, I, that was just me telling you what Jake told me. Yeah. But he goes, that changed my career. So Mitch like, came to San Francisco and planned to go on the road from there. But he ended up just staying in town and doing sets and becoming Mitch. Huh. Same thing that Jake did. Oh, that's interesting. I never heard that theory before. 
But I yeah. like it because a lot of people are afraid to go out on the road. Yeah, but I, they, I, you, you go out on the road enough. and you I have know. to kill, right? Yeah, you do. And and I I went out on the road as an opener in the middle and learned my act on the you know mm-hmm. on the road too. Then you'd come back and you'd have a bunch of hockey stuff and you'd have to get yeah. rid of it for San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you had a road set and a San Francisco set, and I almost still do. It's, it's the same it's way now. Like, if you do sets around town, you you can't really do your full on you know act. No. The way you would on if you were in Indianapolis. You know what I mean? It's just a different vibe. I only I only have a handful of those anymore. You know, I have less of them. Yeah, I de- definitely. I but definitely I know, for a while I had. I, I know there's stuff I will do here in town, and as soon as I'm done with it, I'm like, well, that killed at meltdown, but that's not going to work anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, it's just not. Oh, I don't get me wrong. I have a couple that if I did in town, I would have to crawl out the back of the empire <laughs> so nobody saw me <laughs> coming. Uh, you mean road bits that she'll never see the light of day in L.A.? Although I think Dave's seen me do all of mine in Pasadena or Burbank yeah. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Where that stuff plays. Yeah, oh yeah. For, that's just a different It's town. like America out there. Yeah. It is. It's America. It's America. It's America. You cross out of the two one three, you're in America. Yeah. The I, other just side of the out, I just went out to uh, Jake was doing a weekend at Flappers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, man, can I just, I'm working on this bit. Can I just go out and work on it this weekend with you? And he goes, yeah, come on and do a guest set. And, and I, w- I wasn't sure if the bit was going to work on the road. And sure enough, I did four nights of tinkering with it and trying to make it work. And it was just, it's never going to work. <laughs> it's one of those bits that will kill in town. I won't work at all on the road. Yeah. I mean, the road is, you know, you got to set up, which is, I think, uh, part of why we've both gone so podcasty is... Uh, the podcast allows us to do what we would like to do as stand-ups on the road on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. When you pitch up with the podcast, it's your game and it's your yeah. way of the highway. So if they don't dig it, that's their hard cheese. And they're rarely confused at what you're doing. The club owners can be. Yeah. But sure. the people that are coming to see the podcast know why they're there. And when you go to stand-up gigs still, even though I'm almost unbelievably famous uh, <laughs> Saturday Night Lake can be douchebag night and yeah. that's just that sure, and sure. I, I, I have fought with crowds in the last several months of my career like openly fought through a whole hour and you know at this age of you know uh, 68 I should really be able to <laughs> get through a set and just be on my own terms yeah. but you can't like no. either they're drunk and yelly or they're rednecky or they want to counter you yeah. or they want to fucking chime in or some yeah. nonsense and like, I don't run a democracy. I run a very tight Marcos-like dictatorship uh, with yeah. martial law, yeah. which includes if you're out after dark and I see you and hear you, I will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> and if you think you're helping the show, you should know you're not. Yeah. <laughs> Genius. See yes. where I'm pointing to? Me. Meanius. You, not so much is. If you were funny, you wouldn't be sitting out there because I'm not sitting out there That's and right. I'm that funny. Yeah. I will sit out there if I'm watching one of my funny friends. That's sure. when I sit out there, not other times. I didn't pay you to come in and watch me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So how do you... I, when did you uh, make your way to uh, the United Kingdom, so to speak? Uh, after the war, uh, yeah. I had uh, been on a sub chaser. <laughs> <laughs> In the North Atlantic, we were protecting them from the wolf packs. And... Uh, I went over in 89, I got on Who's Line. I'd never been anywhere. I'd been to Canada uh-huh. a couple times. Oh, so you Who's Line brought you over to yeah. England, the original Who's yeah, Line. Yeah, so uh, the original That was 89? Yeah, and the first, show, first year was 88. McShane got on in 88. Oh, I got shit. on in 89. I went over, and because I'm a dedicated stand-up, I got a gig at the comedy store, and I went and did it, and I did two shows, and I died on my ass, the, you know, and then I right. figured it out by the second yeah. show. But I do remember the first thing that I said, and I was scared to death, uh, 
I had this big tuxedo coat that I used to wear in San Francisco on stage. And I realized when I got on stage in London, it was too bloody hot. There was no air yeah. conditioning in the room, but I was going to wear this coat anyway, right? And it sure. was, whoa. And it was just like, oh, God. And I walk on stage. I go, oh, don't know. He's from the United States. Who's London been out? Yeah, mm-hmm. so like I'm not, you know, right. no, there's no TV credit. It's just, it's just a guy. There's no announcing he's on TV because he's yeah. not. <laughs> it's just he's from America. Go mad, Greg poops. <laughs> so I come out, and before I can get a fucking word out, and I'd gone to dinner with some comedians I had just met, mm-hmm. and went through my act. I made them sit there yeah. at dinner and go. Oh, really? Uh, we went to a deli in Soho, and I said what's like snap crackle uh what's like the keebler elves and he goes what are the keebler elves and i said the keebler elves are live under a tree and they're in a commercial well you could say the rice crispy you know snap crackle okay so we're like translating right. bad references God. that's fine. so i memorized them all i march over to the i took a cab to the comedy store which was maybe five blocks away i was too scared to walk to it it's a terrifying to get place lost. yeah <laughs> This was the old comedy store on the other side, not the one on Oxenden. There used to be an old one, and it was really perfectly malmade, you know. Stage in the middle, room lengthwise. Oh. So you're not playing to the back. You're yeah. playing to the sides yeah. at all times. They're 30 feet from the back and, and 150 feet from the ends. And then on the other end of one end, a bar on the other side for extra noise to come in that everybody yeah. could go in and fuck about in that end of the bar. So Beautiful. Perfect setup. Uh, and the sound guy, I can't remember, was either right near you or... In any case, uh, I get on stage and a heckler in the front row is drunk and he goes, oh, 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 and he says some shit to me. And I said, what? I'm sorry, sir. What do you... I'm from San Francisco. Yeah. I'm playing it tough. What do you do for a living? He goes, I'm a male prostitute. And everybody heard him say it. Gets a laugh. And I go, oh, really? Shit. You must be the butt-fuckingest ugly one in Leicester Square. And as they went, yay! <laughs> <laughs> okay, hi, it's Craig. And I there's a joke I have. And I got through it, man. And I was so grateful to that fucking guy. Like, who spent uh, money on you, you croaky old, you know? Like, <laughs> and I thought, wow. And then I remember doing one later there at a midnight show, and Cesaria was over doing some cable, uh-huh. you know, with like. Uh, uh, Larry Miller. It was the 80s, like Kathy Ladman, you know, yeah. and all these, Larry Amaros. They used to send people over to do TV shows in, the, in, the, yeah, in yeah. London. And he came to, I go, Cesario, come with me and we'll go to the uh, store. I got to do a set. And I just died. <laughs> to the point where it was like, get off, get off. This is boring. You know, when right, I, right, is that the yeah. late show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it notorious. It was about 1.30 yeah. in the night. And all I can hear is Cesario. <laughs> the whole crowd's going boo and Jeff's in the back <laughs> and I come off and he goes that was so fucking good he goes god they hated you I go yeah I know you know when you're when you're like well, what we sh- I guess we shouldn't have come over and helped you in the war. You yeah, know, like, yeah. But it's just oh, yeah. pathetic, you know. Yeah. I, I think it was Chris Hardwick who said, like, hecklers in England are, it's like a sporting event to them. And they're clever. Like, if you're in yeah. Glasgow, you're in, you're in deep water. I'll t- any American comic that goes to Glasgow, if you wrangle with someone in the audience, you better be ready for a PhD dissertation level wrangling. They really? don't, yeah, they don't, they don't crumble after fuck you. <laughs> they are real funny. They're the funniest junkie in their game. You know what I mean? Like you're not dealing with, this is in America where people go, Hey buddy Holly. And then you're like, buddy Holly, no, you never break one. They go, oh, no. they're, they're the funniest junkie PhD 
owners who also will stab you as a backup. Yeah. <laughs> if you mess with them too much. Huh? Oh, what am I, Magellan? No, I think you're confusing me with a 16th century Portuguese explorer and it's pronounced Magellan. <laughs> <laughs> We've called your cab. Your cab is waiting. Your cab is here. <laughs> you know, like, oh my God. Clapping die. you off. I've seen it. Oh, happen. really? I've never been clapped off. I was almost clapped off in San Francisco once at I've a strip s- joint. I've seen worse than clapped off. Really? Did a... Uh, uh, I was on a college tour with a couple of the comics and we did a military school. Uh, they don't clap you off. I'm throwing my fist in the air. <laughs> they start making this noise. Oh, wow. Oh, they're firing at you. And they you. all keep doing it until the whole audience is going. <laughs> and my friend walked off stage after, I would say, six minutes almost in tears. Oh, yeah. oh wow. It just so well, it's unsettled like, it's him. It's very threatening. And I went out and just just started attacking yeah, them. Yeah. Just, yeah. N- that's what you do. Yeah, and, you I, their and then they're like, yeah, all right. Like, oh, he's macho or whatever the fuck yeah, yeah, they think. Yeah. He's a tough guy. And then they enjoy you. But I just attacked him. Mercilessly. See, Dave has always been uh, forceful on stage. <laughs> yes. The, the, the yes. thing is, and this is uh, my playbook. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make, you know, I wouldn't say that Todd Berry or Tig is going to assume this fucking position anytime soon. But with me, it was always bullies who are what these douchebags are. Yeah. Only respond to one thing, and that's a karate chop to the nose. Right. right? Yeah. Because then they go, oh, now we're on even ground. You're not scared. And moreover, you have the mic, your wit, and the lights on you. Yeah. And if you can get even some. Some of the people to fucking join you. Yeah. You have a fighting chance to, you know, squall this insurrection. Mm-hmm. It's when it descends into, you know, mob rule. And what? I've only seen that happen a few times. Yeah, really. I haven't seen it that much. But once they start making noises or clapping, then they all know they can join it. And then yeah. they know they have the power yeah. in it. And it it's bigger than your mic. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, that's what, I don't know. I've made the mistake a few times early on following an improv group. And uh, <laughs> then, you know, and like, I remember following these guys. Audience is open. The floor's open. Oh, yeah. They yeah. open the floor. Oh, yeah. The floor's open. And yeah. they would do, do this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't like what you're doing. Do the thing I want you to do. Well, I, no, I don't do that. So what they do? We followed this game called, uh, like. Die. Mo- yeah. Yeah. Story, story die. Story, story, story die. die. Yeah. So every comic after two die. minutes in. Die. Oh, my God. I just yelled die. Do you <laughs> You shouldn't be allowed to do that. Is it <laughs> improper? Even at an improv show with an unruly crowd, uh-huh. if you do die first, which is often done in the yeah. number one slot, they'll carry on yelling die through oh, the rest yeah. of the improv show. That you got to learn. Tell them to fucking stop doing it. <laughs> you got to put that at the end. Uh, dude, planning is not the hallmark of improv. <laughs> what Getting about, up there and whacking it out. What about not doing die ever? Ever. Not There's a it. lot of things people shouldn't do. <laughs> you know, the, people always... I'm sure they ask you, you know, Murray, uh, they, uh, oh, we got this guy who wants to do a set. Is it okay? And I always say yes. And then oh, comics really? will say to me, because we're generally much too, uh, maybe the audience is surprised, but maybe not. We really are, by and large, other than a few of us, a fraternity. Even, even the women are a fraternity. And we don't, we usually have each other's back. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, if you're at a gig and the crowd's being nasty to one comic, all the comics gather around that comic and take it out on the crowd in general. Usually. Uh, usually. Uh-huh. And so we, we will say things to each other like, I'm here to do a set. 
I'm going to do these topics. Am I messing anybody up? Right. Oh, sure. Which guys will say to me, I, I got a chunk on, you know, bubble gum. Are you doing any gum? And I'll go, no. And even if they do, I always say, yes, do whatever you like. Because as Durst said to me once years ago, when I said this to him in the, in the 80s, I thought I'd come up with the funniest Reagan joke. And I go, <laughs> I go, I've got this Reagan thing and I know you do a bunch of things. And he goes, Greg, you're opening the floor. Because you're not doing my joke. Yeah. He goes, now they're thinking about it. Oh. Right. So I went, oh, there's a way to look at it. And there's another way to look at it. Like, we've been around long enough that if some kid is going up and he doesn't have a lot of time and you take away some of his time, you may completely fuck him because he might not have. Right. Yeah, yeah. Else. So that let might him, be four minutes. Because I remember when I, when I one of my first gigs was at Laughs Unlimited in Sacramento. And, Sweet. And the headliner, I have a bit. The first night he goes, don't do that anymore. I'm like, well, I have 15 minutes and that's five. <laughs> yeah. And so that was just gone. And then I had to do crowd work and struggle like a maniac for the rest of the week. And it's like, you have two hours. Why don't you pick something else? That's a good way to look. I never hear you. That's, well, see, that's how I, that's the point, viewpoint I take. I have people come on and murder even, and worse than bits for me is words. Like the selection of words. If a word gets spoken, sometimes it's not funny the second or third oh, time. Sure. And I'll have specific words in my act and occasionally like Sheboygan. Said. Exactly. <laughs> they'll get said, and I don't want them said. What I was going to say was, I don't ever mind people doing material that I have because I'll do other material uh, or topics. Excuse me. There's only two things I detest. Whipping the crowd into a racial frenzy and whipping the crowd into a sexist frenzy are the two things I really can't stand when a comic comes on. And Don't follow sudden, Jim Jeffries. <laughs> well, you know, when it's about Mexicans or immigrants or, or women or bitches or things like that, and, and the crowd takes a noticeably ugly turn, yeah. that's when I like go like... I, I mean, I worked with a dude in San Francisco recently, and he was a nice fellow. And he only did one night with me, and it was two shows. And he said, I, I'm getting that you're not digging it. And I said, you know, it's not you, man. I want you to do what you do. That's why I didn't say don't do it. Right. But mm -hmm. you got to know that this isn't setting me up the way I like to be set up. Right. I want intelligent comedians. W. Camo Bell, before he was black, uh, <laughs> was often my feature act in San Francisco oh, for several years. Great. And uh, it's exactly what I want, yes. you know. And, Smart, uh, yeah, yeah, really good comedy. Like, let's in, let's introduce some concepts. Yeah. Let's not have man. I jack off a lot. Yeah. I jack off so much. Women are like a whole new thing, and you go, uh, you know, I'd like the audience, and that's what the road like. The dazzling assortment of guys and girls that mm -hmm. you work with on the road, some of whom are wildly intelligent, and some of whom are. In Pittsburgh a couple years ago, I can't remember the guy's name, and I wish I could. He was 27, 28, Iraq veteran. Did this bit about war movies and how in every war, he goes, I was in the Iraq war. We didn't get good music. He goes, this is every Vietnam movie. And he sets up the scene. They're in a helicopter, da 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 da, -da And he puts his arm up like he's hanging in a chopper. Oh, like yeah. And music comes on, and it's, uh, some folks are born bad away from that. No, the red, white. And I fucking fell over laughing. And then he went, we got, and then he plays like Justin Bieber. And it was, it was like, this guy was says, I was in the army in yeah, Iraq. Yeah. I fought yeah. in Iraq. And then does this army bit that does that. And yeah. I was like, that is hilarious. That's and awesome. To him, don't stop talking about the war. The war was still going. Now, of course, you know, we have that wonderful piece we enjoyed, but uh, <laughs> this was maybe a year or two ago. I said, don't stop talking about it because it's gone from the news and it's gone yeah. from people's agenda. Mm -hmm. Whereas in 2003, 2004, you could do all Iraq, yeah. you know, 
uh, I said, they have to know it's still going and you're a living young man who's good looking and articulate talking about it. Yeah. So they're not uncomfortable. They can't pull the, fuck you, you're not a patriot because, oh yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah right. You got the... You did the thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever had anybody... Because like, I just... I never... I, there was an MC this weekend. I was at Bray this weekend and he was just... His, he was the MC. 12 minutes. All licking pussy. All that that to I, me, if you're if you're if you're an owner or a booker, you can't book an opener who does that unless the whole show is that. Yeah, yeah. and it you wasn't. Can't. It was me and Pete Corielli. Because then you go out and the hole you have to dig out of it is enormous. They just want to hear dick jokes and yeah. pussy jokes at that point. And that really it speaks to the crowd too. Like I, that can happen, uh, like it did for you. And sometimes the crowd doesn't want that yeah, yeah and sure. they're a little bit resistant and then the next person comes on and they're glad because that person's talking about other things than that mm-hmm. if it's a lot of couples if there's a, uh, it, I've seen it work I worked with a guy in New York and he'd been on Last Comic or something and he did the most horrible closer and it had ejaculating on a girl's uh, face at the end of it and the crowd froze like titanium each night like it, all the couples just and after the first set, I walked over to the manager of the room. It was at Caroline's in New York. And I just stood next to him in the middle of the set while he started the routine. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I didn't hail him. I stood in the dark next to him. And as the bit progressed and the crowd froze into eyes, he turned to me and went, all right, all right, I'm getting another guy. <laughs> so I brought another guy and cut this guy down. And then right. at the end of the week, the guy said, thanks for not having me fired. And I was like, oh, cry. Oh, really? So he yeah, knew. I didn't have him fired. So he I knew. could have said, I just don't want him at all. But they cut him down to like five or whatever. Okay. But I mean, the bit was so egregious. Sure. And my, I'm not a sensitive, you know, God, you know. I mean, you get around other regular people, uh, civilians, mm-hmm. and I find that my vocabulary is revoltingly locker room comics. Yeah. And I, most people don't use cocksucker as an adverb. And uh, I find that I, so I'm not, I don't say I'm that sensitive about routines, right. but it wasn't funny. And worse than not being funny, and I can even tolerate not funny, it froze the audience solid with hatred and pain because the men had nowhere to go and the women had nowhere to go with each mm-hmm. other as a concept comedically. It was so vile yeah. that you didn't leave them the porn out or even any, right, right. it was just. I don't know how you, but I don't know how you get to the point where you think I'll do this at Caroline's. Like, where mm. is that killing? Featuring for me. Yeah, where is that killing everywhere? You didn't think the about thing what you, I might do. It's just crazy. Yeah. That's another thing too. I mean, because I got called to work with uh, uh, some stoner rock comic. Very funny. Very funny. But um, I was like, I don't know if I'm a good fit on that guy. What, what do you got what? the following week? And it turned out to be a different. I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy and I work together all the time. Yeah. There's got to be a little cohesiveness. Yeah, there I does, think. buddy. There what? does. There does. There yeah. does. You can't go on after the magician. You can't open for the heavy metal. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you got to know your. Yeah. If, if it's a jazz crowd or a, a crowd of groovy left wingers, bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> I'll push their buttons. I'll make them angry. At yeah, me. yeah. Yeah. Uh, even right wingers. I'm not that afraid of them. I like blue collar druggy crowds because I can do a lot of that jokes and they don't. Whereas a white collar crowd will be like, oh, we don't do that. But they do yeah. it anyway, but they want to be fussy about yeah, it. Yeah, they want to be uptight. Now, uh, one of the other reasons I wanted to have you guys on here is because you guys both do two of my favorite podcasts, oh, by the thank way. Thank you. I've been a big fan of Walk in the Room for You're a while. Bill and Burr's then... Monday Morning. I'm sorry? You're talking about Bill Burr's Monday Morning? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talking about comedy film nerds. And, of course, the smartest man in the room, which I. The world. Been... I'm sorry, the world. 
Well, right now it's the room. Right. Let's not get, we'll talk about the you we'll know talk about the world. Later. You're right, Dave. One room at a time. <laughs> <laughs> One room at a time. And you both do them live and 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 out because yeah. I remember you took yours to New York last year and yeah, we've been doing ours. Uh, We've got like 10 live ones that we've done and they always do really well. Mm-hmm. We're doing one. I don't know if this, when this is going up, but we're doing our, we're doing one this weekend in Portland. It'll be Monday. Oh, are you going up to Bridgetown? Yeah. Oh, I had to cancel yesterday. Oh, why? I got a pilot that I have to. Oh, you poor hey, son of a bitch. Like you. Uh, you poor bastard. Nah, I mean, it's actually two, but as long as we're throwing things around. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> what are we doing here then? <laughs> Shouldn't you be paying us for this? Just shut this thing down. Yeah. Is this after? I have to pay for this equipment. <laughs> And that piece over there. Uh, so, I'm sorry, go on. Oh, so that's great. You guys are going to have a great time in Portland. Yes. Uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Now, <laughs> there's a wild card. Do you call it the Starfish Circus when you do it live? Is that the no, same No, the thing, Starfish or? Circus is a different thing that we've done, we do in New York and here, and that is uh, music mm-hmm. and comics. So, we'll have like Greg's Band open. This year, we had Greg's Band you open. You said music. Yeah, we do music <laughs> Craig's band. <laughs> Everybody pound out there in comedy land. <laughs> and then we had, uh, I don't know, I keep wanting to call her Natalie Merchant, but her name's not Natalie Merchant. She's music. No, um, oh, fuck, I can't remember her name. Now this is bad. Natalie Imbruglia? No, she's, uh, no, she's... Uh, Natasha Leggero? No, she has the, her, her, Ravi Shinker's her dad. Uh, oh. Uh, what's um, her name? Um, uh, Nora Jones. God, Nora Jones. Very close to Natalie. So we, we had Nora Jones on. Really? And then we had, uh, a, you know, a bunch of comics. Remember my joke about her song? What? Christmas time is here again. Oh, I believe in yesterday. What's her song? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no wonder that song's so familiar. <laughs> Uh yeah and and so that you know we sell out how cool the Bell they House. Jones that's, yeah that was really cool. fun and the year before we had Rhett Miller oh know, great so we always try and get someone He's so nice yeah, yeah. Really he cool. loves the comedy he does yeah. love the comedy uh, so that's a different thing Starfish Circus okay. when we do the live podcast it's just walk in the room alive and we do it we've done it you know Seattle and mm-hmm. and uh, we're gonna do it in New York in June and how do you get the closet out on the road. We don't. We just do it on a stage. You just do it on a stage? Yep. All right. It's a money grab. <laughs> <laughs> no one buys tickets to the closet. <laughs> so what do you prefer, Greg? Do you prefer... I only do mine live. Yeah? So I prefer Oh, live. that's true. I brought up... I brought up... Because I did one on my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm probably going to do more. And I brought it up because I was talking to him about how he does it. Because I'm fascinated with the fact that he can go up every week. The shameless and, samenessness of my show. Well, he, talk, he talks about all these different things. Yeah. And yeah, it's... Yeah. It's not like it's boring. It's listenable and you enjoy it, which is crazy to be able to do alone for an hour and a half every week. Uh, and so I brought it up and I was like, you know, uh, I'm thinking about doing it. I'm doing this and doing this. And then, and then he was like, well, how does Bill Burr do it? And I go, he does it at home. And he was just, Greg was like, what? <laughs> no, you do it in front of a crowd. I was like, no, I'd be doing it in my in my room. And that threw you a little bit. <laughs> it did. Because yeah. I want, I like the crowd. I mean, I have um, nothing but respect if you can do it. All your, I mean, I used to do one on Audible by myself in my room mm-hmm. uh, or in a studio with no audience. And you can do it. It's just that I find with the crowd it, it throws me off and leads me to better places. Mm-hmm. The fact that they'll be resisting me it, my natural temptation to dick slap them comes to the fore and then that forces me to work harder. Yeah, uh, and so sometimes that works as a gambit. Sometimes I'm too tired and it doesn't work, but mm-hmm. sometimes it does, and that's when the fun comes out. I think when you're really pulling something out of a bag that you didn't know you had, yeah. and trying not to repeat. I have, you know, we all have so much stuff we can repeat, and I really don't want to repeat myself. Sure, that's why I try to be as tangential as possible because I feel like the tangential aspect 
removes the fact that no one else is talking for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) That it is, in fact, a self-indulgent monologue. So I'll change topic to myself. Uh And I'll also talk to myself, you know, and the guise of various things and... And do you and do you do you notice a difference when you do it in different locations? Like, does it change at all? Absolutely, it changes everywhere you do it. Uh, the the biggest surprise to me, or the funnest one, was I did uh, Bloomington, Indiana, and that little club, the Comedy Attic, mm-hmm. and they have brilliant. a lot of live ones there. They uh-huh. have Chris was doing his there, and Dougie, I think, mm-hmm. and it's a little college town. I called it Bloomingard. I gave it this whole. Uh, Nordic cast before I even got on, started the show I made it into that we were in a Viking hall in this place called Blooming Garden <laughs> then I found this book in my room that was a guidebook to Bloomington and Bloomington's like the only eclectic place in Indiana like they have a Nepalese restaurant they have a row of, in, of, of international restaurants one whole street is like Indian really? Chinese yeah so for them that's like off the hook, right? <laughs> so, and they have art galleries and a giant university. So it's the one place where there's vinyl record stores, coffee houses. Yeah. So in the book it says, uh, Bloomington is a place of contradictions. <laughs> so I found it in my room before the show and I was smoking a joint. And I, you know, the book that's in your room the, of the town. You're uh-huh. So I open it up and I just, because I'd been around and I'd even been to a Thai restaurant and had the larb and everything. Sure, sure. And it yeah. was good. I went to a couple of ethnic places. I went to an Indian and a China, you know, and uh, and it's because it's Indiana, and you know what that means? It's, it's white people throwing dynamite into lakes and shit. Yeah, like the weird shit they. No fun. Basketball, basketball, basketball. You know, oh, I get it. I get it. You like basketball, and the greatest basketball player of all time is Larry Bird. Somehow. Yes, I get it. Yes. So, well, I kind of agree with that. Well, but go ahead. well fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I don't have an opinion. And and. Uh, <laughs> That crowd was so with it. Uh, and when I read the description of the town, I have a running gag where it's been Jeremy Irons, although I haven't done it in a few weeks for obvious reasons. And uh, I... Uh, what are the obvious reasons? Yeah, what are the obvious well, reasons? because he, of his psychopathic diatribe about, oh. about men marrying their sons. I didn't hear that. Oh, oh, yeah. It was about three weeks ago? Yeah. Three weeks ago? What? I mean, he made not, a lot of sense. I, it's he not made that a lot I'm of sense. not courageous enough to take it on. It's just that I feel like the story died. And sure, sure. I, and now we're on to other Actors things. Actors shouldn't talk. It, should they not? <laughs> they should not. Because the. He said. Just read the words we give he's, you. He's interviewing with a, a guy who I think is gay, and he says to him, Well, I just wondered about that. I, a father could marry a son, tax wise. And the guy goes, No. A father can't marry a son. There's laws against incest. And he goes, no, no, no. Not, not if they don't breed. And like, no, I don't know what law books you're reading. <laughs> First of all, this is so morally repugnant that right. you would even suggest that a father would marry a son so they wouldn't have to pay taxes. And it gives us hideous, horrible, illuminating, disgu- like when they find those caves with the paintings on them and all in the back, all of a sudden, there's a human sacrifice or whatever. When the light is finally cast on that area, now we know what you're thinking yeah. about gay marriage. That you've let yourself go to this yes. broke place yes. where what you're worried about is because you can't marry your son yes. and get a tax break <laughs> that you have extrapolated that gay people are thinking some horrible, not you know, cave dweller oh, shit. Right. Well, now I can marry my toilet. Right. <laughs> is that it? Didn't we yeah. sort that out like when we were aborigines? Yeah. Didn't we sort out the don't marry your sister thing pretty early on? That's what civilization is. It wasn't is. that early on. It took a while. <laughs> well, whatever. Early on. Say a couple million. I don't years want to bring ago. up Germany yeah. in the 1800s. But <laughs> Eugenics aside. <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah. so he said that. So that was so Jeremy. I read Irish. it as Jeremy Irons. Sure. Like, you know. 
Bloomington is a place of contradictions. On one corner, there'll be a Nepalese restaurant. And then, surprise of surprises, a bookstore. You know, and, and the crowd just really loved it that I'd spent that much time thinking about yeah. them and that mm-hmm. I talked all about Indiana and got everything wrong. I gave a completely erroneous uh, yeah. history of Indiana and how they were French and that's why they were Hoosiers and French Lick and all that. <laughs> And uh, and so each you, place you go, I try to cater a little to the thing. And they give you a lot more leeway because you are doing a podcast, mm-hmm. even though it's live. Yeah, you there's a lot more leeway. You yeah. can read. I read aloud. Sure. Yes. I play music sometimes and get up and dance like a complete planet. I mean, just like a tit. Just mm-hmm. uh, and Atlanta. I forget a bunch of guys from the Temptations had died, and uh, the guy who was the producer of the Shangri Las died. So I played. This the was records. the last episode, wasn't it? Hmm? This was the last episode. Well, it was a couple ago. Oh, was it? Okay. And so I played leader of the pack, and I got up and fucking and everybody, and I just think it's fun. Like I know it's self indulgent and shit, but as I said to Dave when we were driving about a week ago, uh, I said uh, I've earned it. I've yeah. been around a long yeah. time. Yeah. If I jack off a little bit of my podcast, I'm sorry, everybody. If you look at the rest of it and a good deal of it, there's a lot of substance. I throw, mm-hmm. I have an hour or two of news and information in there, as well as 45 minutes of me jerking around. And mm-hmm. I think you have to do both because I'm not on NPR and I'm not Peter Dow and I'm not Ira Glass and I'm not putting them down. I'm saying they're great, but yeah. I'm not Amy Goodman. My job isn't to bring you all the information of what's going on in Lefty World. No, you're just supposed to be like a borderline jackass what's going on and i you know yeah my opinion i've thought about it so of course it's unbelievably valid yeah but uh <laughs> and i back it up that's the that's the thing i try to do on my show that is the thing that drives me maddest about radio and 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 media is uh the sean hannity and your rush limbaugh whatever whomever you can think of and coulter they get on the tv and they say something like um all arabs are sneaky or mm-hmm. some horrible, indefensible, racist mm-hmm. thing. And then that gets repeated, and then that's a talking point, and then the media sucks its own butt and, and barfs up uh, uh, more stuff about itself. And they never say, it says so here. Or uh, oh, the poor are draining this country dry. There is no support for this, because factually you'll find that's not true in any way. You'll find that the corporations are draining the country yeah, dry. Sure. The defense industry. So I'll read something and go, well, here's how the wealth is distributed. And then I'll go, this is from the PhD yeah. economist, and this is from such and such publication, and that's why I'm reading it. And that's who said it, and mm-hmm. that's where it's from. I'm not just saying it because I fucking thought of it, and I thought it'd be a great way yeah. to push my agenda forward. I read all the different papers, and I'll read Fox News, and I'll read New York Times, whatever. But I say who I'm reading, so that people. That was that was the thing about when the when the gun debate was hot after we uh, a bunch of children were murdered. Mm. Mm-hmm. I just uh, there were four Harvard study studies done that said that more guns equals more shootings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just kept giving people those. And going, <laughs> Here you go. You're wrong. And, yeah. No, it's not. Well, you're not saying anything that backs it up. I'm just giving you these yeah. studies from mm-hmm. Harvard. <laughs> Factual studies that, and four separate ones. You yeah, know what I mean? We're not four. talking about one piece of information you glommed on. Conspiracy theorists are often accused, and it's true, of, uh, what do they call it? Of, you know, Fishing for the right information. Fishing for the information they, they want. Basically find, finding and, what you look for. Like, like yeah, not twisting conspiracists it, will go, well, take well it out of this con- one salient piece yeah, of information. Taking it out of context. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. or gun rights advocates will come up with some piece of nonsense that somehow people are going to come to your house and take away your guns, which, uh, boy, by the way, at no point has been put forward during this gun Never. argument. Never. Yeah. At any point. Guns are not going to be banned. Guns are not going to be illegal. Guns are not going to be taken away from anyone. 
so we they keep saying all those things are going to happen, mm-hmm. yeah. but they're not. No, they're never going to happen. Even if we enact the weak ass piece of junk gun laws that we're not going to enact. That's going to happen state by state. It'll be really watered down, you know. Yeah. You'll still be able to get a gun pretty much anywhere you want. Anywhere you want. Nothing's going to change. So I just get tired of that noise. And we're poorly funded. And that's where I see us as the underdog. You could say, oh, Greg, you're a middle class comedian. Fair enough. But as podcasters, we don't receive a lot of money for this. If we go and play on the road, that's the money we get. Yeah. Yeah. So my little fee, for, and tonight I'm doing my show, it's free. Mm-hmm. So fuck you. You know what I mean? Like when people go, why don't you talk more about this? How about you do a show for free? <laughs> and then you talk about what you want to talk about. But the sources I'm reading uh, are often really well-funded. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't think CNN or ABC or whatever, or, you know, and they get to say the same stupid talking points over and over and over and over, they're, over again. They're, I just... And they rarely get up and dance. They never get up and dance, Whoop. and they never tell you who owns them. And I tell you who owns me, nobody, because I have never, one ad by Audible, and, and that's it. And right. they never explore what created and how Indianapolis works. They never break into that yeah. that small town thing. Yeah. Look. <laughs> no, they don't. They, they don't take they, their time. I, you can't listen to the radio anymore after you listen to podcasts. Oh, yeah. You can't. We're too honest and personal. Look, I worked in radio for a year, and I was trained by the best guys. Like, mm-hmm. It was this crazy internet uh, corporation that thought they'd make a million dollars around 2007. I remember that. I remember the overfunded and, uh, years. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and they were giving tons of money, and they hired the best producers in town, and these guys came on and showed us how to do radio. So I know how to do radio. You know how you do radio? You pick a topic, whether you believe it or not, and you take it aside, and then you blather it. Mm-hmm. That's how you do radio. The, half the shit they're saying, they don't believe. They're just getting yeah. people riled up. Yeah, yeah. They don't fucking care. They don't actually believe that stuff. Yeah. It's you just want a people job. to call in, and you want that participation, and now you want emails, and yeah. you want all the social media participation yeah, yeah. immediately, because yeah. radio knows that it's croaking. And so the oh, way yeah. you do that is you go out, and you you know you make a comment about, poor people are horrible, and they're murdering babies. Right. <laughs> And then people call in and go, no, they're not. And then off you go. And then there's an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's great that you, you, when you take your show out, you, you get into the town and everything. I, I like, I, I think that's really cool. Too. I like that. Yeah. You do talk to the crowd I, I, and you I, open I, it up. I open it up to the floor. So but you don't, best. but you don't start with story, story, die, which I think is smart. I try story, I story, want to improvise die? and I love improv, but I, I, the, oh. ga- the games I play on the road when I'm with the who's line guys uh-huh. and we have a great time doing it and we make each other laugh. And, you know, it's like being an artist in, in the Muslim world. You, you can't draw uh, any figures, so you, you're working within an infinite number of patterns. <laughs> and that's what improv is. It's the same pattern over and over, mm-hmm. drawn a different way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But real improv on a podcast can sometimes get more real than you think it's going to. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys are, you know, they get more down and dirty than that. Yeah. I never thought I'd be confessional at all, ever, about anything. Right. And I find that I'm a little bit more in my mm-hmm. podcast. Well, that's cool. And uh, I talk to everybody in the audience it's, before it, the show. Yeah, I shake hands with them. It it lends itself to honesty because yeah. show business does not have honesty. Mm-hmm. That's been the part I think that saved me. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the the honesty of the podcast makes me feel better about being in show business. Yes, mm-hmm. it does. What little le- I'm left in. Yeah, but you can be truthful. I mean, we we try to pull back the curtain as much as we can and just go. This is how fucked up it is. Mm-hmm. This is all the shit you don't know. Mm-hmm. This is what what it is. Yeah, what I like good. about podcasting is, and I had to venture away from it before because I've been doing this for a while, and I ended up signing a deal with a production company to do a demo to sell it as a TV show. And once I got somebody above me, it was miserable. Yeah. It was like I was fucking working in TV again. And I'm like, yep. I don't do this 
because I do that all the time. And mm-hmm. I just, if I want to have Dave Anthony on five times in a row, I'm going to have Dave Anthony on. I can do, you know, if I want to. Uh, that, I can tell you right now, that's a terrible idea. But, <laughs> but. I was going to say, I'm not a sponsor is, or anything, but we should have a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one, this is the one thing that, like, when I, you, you, you don't allow advertisers to come in and say how to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't sell it off. It's your podcast you know, sell off a different idea, but cause yeah. you are going to be bummed out at the choices they make yeah, no matter yeah. what. That's why we're doing them. So we don't have to listen to their shit. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, before we wrap up and I got a couple things to say, uh, before we do any hell gigs that we didn't get to for off the top of your head, what are we doing? Any hell, hell gigs, gigs that we didn't get to take forever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about wrapping up, honey. You may have noticed I'm not succinct. <laughs> I think I told my last, my, my, my my main hell gig the last time I was here, which was the sports bar in Queens. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you get molested? No, but it was ha- turning off the TVs in the middle of a Ranger playoff. Oh game. no, no, they, and they did. They <laughs> did it. Yeah, they did. All right, everybody, comedy. Yeah. Why didn't they wait till the end of the game? I don't know. <laughs> you, know every, you don't have one of those. Everybody uh, seems uh, yeah, to. Yeah, but a Ranger playoff game. Yeah, no like, Ranger oh. New York. And uh, d- 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 were you the only comic? No, there were other. Others. So everybody died. Oh, yeah, it was a horrible, oh, terrible experience. See, but there's a solution Especially to this, and everybody's got one of those. They turned off the game stories. Yeah, yeah. Leave the game on. Yeah. Yep. We'll start two hours late. Yeah. And you can also if, you can also just, you know what? I don't give a shit. Turn off the sound, and yeah, I'll just do stand-up. If people want to watch it, can watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Meet halfway. <laughs> or how about not have it on a playoff night, you ding-dong? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Tony Camacho gig. He doesn't yeah. care. Um, all right, before we get out of here, I just want to mention uh, that you can see uh, Greg Proops oh, in the Into you. the Night video by Freely's Comet. Oh, thank you for that. I Ooh. saw it on your Facebook Ooh, It's quite video. good. Huh. I put it, actually, I put it up on uh, my podcast page saying if you can pick the comic in this video who's on today, you'll win a t-shirt. So I'd like to sing a line of the song if I may. Oh, please do. This is Ace Freely's Comet. This is his band After Kiss. They didn't uh-huh. wear makeup. Ace, I don't think sang. I think he was the... Uh, I don't think so. He was the guitar player. Yeah. Oh, how they do what they do just to get through into the night. <laughs> I mean, it's true. And a very slow moon rose over San Francisco with the Transamerica Pyramid in the video if you watch it. Awesome. Uh, real quick, tell us about the podcast festival coming up in October, David. Podcast Andy. festival is Los Angeles Podcast Festival, October 4 through 6. You will be there. Yes, Roadsters will be there. Uh, we have like Mark Marin and Greg Fitzsimmons and Aisha Tyler and, you know, Eek. hopefully, hopefully Greg Proops will see if he can make it. Did you do it last year, Greg? Uh, I did do it last year, and I was a triumph. We, I did an afternoon show in the bright, bright sun, uh, and it was a good show. It was awesome. a good show, it yeah. It was a good show. Uh, so we have a bunch of... You can go to LAPodfest.com and uh, look it up. Right now we're doing uh, passes for the whole uh, shebang. Mm-hmm. And they're going quickly. I was talking to Graham Elwood this they're morning. Going really they're going fast very fast. This year. It takes place in Santa Monica at the Sheridan Delfina, and, uh, you know... It's it's going really well. That was We're the smartest happy. thing about it, I think. Is uh, and I'm just an innocent bystander. Mm-hmm. I know it's Dave's uh, bowl of rice, but uh, it was having it in a hotel that had venues in it. And then uh, Jack Benson took a room, which was the other smartest thing I'd ever seen anyone do. So yeah, like you, it's it's really worth it to, if you're going to go to a mm-hmm. bunch of them to like just sort of stay in Santa. Yeah, Monica. stay there. Yeah, and it's beautiful. It's right it, by the ocean, and you can do it in a day. It's not like we're yeah. talking about. Seven day commitment. Yeah, yeah. Go in the afternoon of one day, leave the afternoon the next day. You're yeah. going to see five podcasts and yeah. you can yeah. have a drink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, you can have a drink at night and stay in the hotel. It's, I tell you, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, and the weather's great then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, aside from that, it's really nice. And when and when one of your biggest podcasters shows up and they tell him to park at the lot uh, two blocks away because they don't know who he is or that there's even a festival going on. It's also very exciting. Oh, yeah, that was good. <laughs> was I, who, who, that I was forced to park prepped? about a half a mile away. And then I went and yelled at the manager of the hotel. <laughs> you could have parked at my place and walked over closer. Like, Are you sure I'm with the festival? And the guy's like, no. And then it, because of the one-way system of Santa Monica, I had to go all the way around. Yeah. He, they didn't even know there was a festival team. But that's, right. all been, that's all been changed. Sure, sure. Well, yeah. it was the first year. Yeah, yeah. And let me tell you, I was at the first year. I was on with Jackie Cation. It was great. It was awesome. I even poked around the next day and uh, hung out. It was it's exactly. it's good, and I'm really looking forward to uh, to it this year. Yeah. And I know a lot of my listeners are looking forward to it because a lot of them came last year because a oh, lot good. of us have the same listeners and stuff. Great. So, so we're looking forward to that. Anything else coming up, Dave? That we can look for you. Your uh, album's coming this out soon. Out next Monday. I'll be. This will be out this Monday. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so then this weekend I'll be in Atlanta opening for Drew Carey. Awesome. The punchline. I heard you had a great time at Bridgetown, and your show was awesome. Oh yes, I did. Uh, fantastic. We had um, Todd insane. Glass and uh, Paul Kim Martin on our live podcast, and Gallagher, and that you know, as you can imagine, went a little weird. That'd be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so I'm opening. I'm opening for Drew all uh, summer. Awesome. Um, Are you really? Yeah, yeah, all the way through cool. August. Yeah. And then uh, you say we have a live podcast in June in uh, New York. Oh, great! Uh, was- June twenty seventh. I was so bummed. I, you know, I lived in New York last year for three months oh, yeah. after we had a baby. My wife got a movie. I went and was a stay-at-home dad. Was going to do stand-up at night, not knowing what it took to have no, a kid. No, no. <laughs> so at night you were going to be. Going to say, uh, were you going to bring the baby with you? Yeah. <laughs> Is this some sort of zany Ted dancing uh, yeah. premise? So uh, <laughs> yeah, like, I'll just be doing stuff at night. You mean? After the first year. <laughs> yeah, pretty much what I learned in a heartbeat. So you guys invited me out to come to that show, and I wasn't yeah. able to go. You guys are always cool to me, and I really appreciate that. So uh, I just wanted to say thank you on a personal note. Of course. Note that. Uh, Mr. Greg Proops, what's coming up next, sir? Uh, nothing. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm doing one. I don't know when this one goes out, Murray. But, uh, Comes I'll, up on Monday, sir. Uh, well, then I'll have done a fantastic show at the Parlovich uh, uh, a week ago that went really well. Oh, when is that? And is then, that tonight uh, or tomorrow night? Uh, it's tonight. Oh, is it? I might come down. And then I'm hosting. A, a, I went to Atlanta and um, met a guy from TCM. And so I'm introducing the Road to Utopia by with Bob Hope and Bing Crosby next week at the TCM Film Festival, which is going to be fun. What? Really? Yeah. Dana's introducing a film too, and I can't remember which one it is. It's not Planet of the Apes, but it's one of right up his. Street. How can it not be Planet? Of the Apes? Yeah, right. It's another one that's almost exactly. Is it a space movie? Yeah. Well, we could look it up, but I can't remember the one. Lost Dana's in space doing. or something like that. It's something or? so Dana that. Are you? So are we going to be in Atlanta at the same time? Or are you there? In the no, weekend? no, it's not in Atlanta. It's here next oh. week. But I met the guy in Atlanta because TCM was ah, there, yeah, and yeah. I did his film podcast. And he had me on his show because I do a film podcast too called uh, Greg Proops Film Club. And we did that the other night. I we did not know that. The Taking of Helm 1, 2, 3. Oh, and it was so oh good. such the, a good The original. Yeah. yeah. So Walter Matthau, Jerry Stiller. Really oh, what a great yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, the, the end of that is. So I'm doing cool. that. And then awesome. uh, I've been back on the road. And then in May, I'm in uh, North Carolina uh, and New York and Washington. Uh, you can go to my website, greatproofs.com. Greg and then I'll be com. in England in June for a week. And, okay, awesome. Yeah, you and can Amsterdam and Norway. Sure. You can go to my Tumblr page, Dave uh, Anthony, comedian. Dave Anthony, comedian. And then uh, smartest man in the world, you can get at greatproofs.com, right? And walking the room is walking the room.com, yep. right? Yep. All right. Thank you, awesome. Hey, guys, I appreciate it. Uh, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, congratulations to who won the shirt uh, on the Into the Night Ace Freely uh, video. Uh, I don't know who that is. I know I'll get the winner when I get off here on my computer. And that's it. Uh, MarieValeriano.com for dates. I'll be uh, in Irvine this week, this weekend, uh, all weekend. And then uh, 
locally most of the time. By the way, time. Irvine is what we call an in-town gig for LA Comics because it's only two and a half hours <laughs> yeah. away on Friday night. But 40 minutes coming back. Sure, Boom. unless there's a weird construction on the yes. 5. Oh, oh, the 405, God. they've been shutting down at midnight for no mm-hmm. reason. No then reason. you run into, I mean, oh, it's 1.30 and there's an hour and a half. Parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys, as always, uh, like the Facebook page. You get all the information. You'll see clips from Greg and Dave on there this week. And uh, write us a review on iTunes. I love when you guys do that, and you guys are always awesome. Uh, that is it. Thank you so much for listening. And seriously, check out these guys' podcasts and check them out when they come to your town. Uh, they're very funny, and I thank you both for being here. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Thank you, Murray. You want to know about life on the road? It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and fees, fights, cancel flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great at bachelorette, <laughs> drunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more, missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fists, your cell phone is gone, one big law and order marathon.